0: Mom um, really wants me to finish school you know I'm learning school but like if I split it like that means I'm learning half as much on the job yeah and then I'm doing the other half at school but school's just teaching you like hypothetically speaking if you work at a retail store you had you know like it's all just numbers and plugging in being aware of the systems and I would go to like the actual industry and they're like we don't we're not familiar with that system.
1: One, two, three. You are now tuning in to KickSpot with Jido Park and Mix. And we're back at the KickSpot. Mm-hmm. Exciting stuff. Exciting. Uh, we got a special guest. I just want to go right into it. Oh, man. I've been I wanting, go, wanting to. to. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've been mean? wanting to go right into it. So we got our friend David uh, in the building here.
2: I'm so stoked for this. And... Uh, <laughs>
1: And, and interesting way that David and, and I met um, So I was having a trip out in Cabo uh, And uh, my sister said We're going to go to Los Todos Santos
2: right? Los Todos Santos See. Sí. Okay. And so
1: we decided to drive up there It was an hour drive from uh-huh. Cabo And then uh, we went to a Instagram worthy uh, <laughs> location And uh, they were sitting next to us You know, a few uh, tequila I mean, when we got there they were saying that alcohol was closed at five. Okay. So we got there at like four fifty nine, right? And then they didn't give you alcohol. They they wouldn't give us alcohol. But if we had cash, then they would they would serve us alcohol. Yeah. Keep
0: keep in mind though that we <laughs> him and I were kind of sitting back to back. Okay. I was with my girl, he was with his fam. And we overheard. Like we knew the five o'clock cut time. We okay. knew. <laughs> so we had like bought three bottles of wine for later like purchase uh-huh. yeah, for yeah. later. some tequila, whatever, and then I heard them say, like, oh, we're only selling lemonade. Like, literally said, like, yeah. we'll serve you a lemonade, but, like, oh, it's 5 o'clock. It was, like, 4.59. Yeah, yeah. you know? And they were just giving them a hard time. I was like, oh, they're not they're not hooking them up, you know? And I Damn. felt bad, you know? But I was like, we only got three bottles. Like, we should have got, like, two, you know? Because it was, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was three of them. So yeah. I was like, I feel bad. Like, do I say something? And uh, they were giving them a hard time. And I was like, oh, you know what? Like, they can't sell after five on the on the card on record, but, but if you give them like cash. eighty bucks, yeah, yeah, you know they'll yeah, give yeah. you a bottle and they'll mix your margaritas. Oh, or whatever. Got, it, got it, got it. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's how kind
1: of like we broke the ice. We're like, you know what? That's how y'all met. Yeah, I was yeah like, let's was let's help them out real quick. That's what's He was celebrating his birthday. His oh, okay. Too, so cool, I cool. mean, you know. If like a, a bottle in about, <laughs> you know, we we're just we we're just loving every conversation that was happening yeah, yeah. And, and we started talking and and um you know it got to a point where i asked uh, i think my sister asked him like hey what do you do? And he's like oh, i work for rude and i was like okay that, that's cool whatever you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they, um, they were just like oh yeah, uh, yeah what yeah, is that yeah, like, yeah, uh, like what is that yeah menswear that tequila yeah <laughs> <laughs> david was like yeah uh, have you heard of rude i'm like no um Let's let's just take more drinks though. Yeah. <laughs> no worries, no, we don't just speak on it, yeah. you know, like we're just enjoy yourselves. Yeah, cool, cool. It. So then um, you know, I get back. I get back and then I'm like, hey man, I met some cool people, you know, um on the trip. I met this guy, he he works for rude, and then right when I said rude, I looked at the hat. And Miggs was wearing a rude hat, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit that's the brand like do you know the brand he's like i was like yo. I, you see me wear this thing <laughs> all the fucking time yeah. i'm like yo like what do you he's like yo what are you talking about dude that's like that's like a big thing whatever and i was like oh
2: all right cool <laughs> yeah. well that's the sure. reason why i'm excited because like i i'm streetwear right grew up in it i'm the part of culture you know so are you you know what i mean well
1: so- i i always take advice from him so that's the reason why when you said rude, I'm like, I don't really know. So, I mean, he, he was introduced, like, I look at his, his fit and it's like, I see Balenciaga and stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> what is that? He took me to the, <laughs> my first like Benti- Balenciaga, like store, whatever. And then I saw a t-shirt It was like $2,200. I was like, are you serious? Like, this is absolutely crazy because me i'm just like growing up poor it was like whatever right i i grew up on. poor too bro we i grew up in the <laughs> philippines dog
2: <laughs> chinelas you know what i mean I, yeah with chunkless. but yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know i mean i don't know like how you got into like the fashion thing i just never like when i grew up i was never all about like the fixed up car or anything yeah, like that yeah. i never cared about like the clothing as long as i was just very blessed to be in in, in wherever i was and so he starts introducing me to a lot more more clothing. And, you know, during when I was, like, touring and stuff like that, he was like, okay, he was, like, my designer guy. And he was like, you got to wear this, this, and this. And I literally, he would come over just to dress me up just before my show. So, yeah, we'll that's the only thing that's related to the fashion thing. But, David, give us a little background yes, on yourself. Yes, introduction of yourself, sir.
0: Okay, so, uh, I guess how I got involved with the industry, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was, I was going about life, you know, I went to a community college. I did teacher program. Cause I like working with students. I realized how much they got paid and I was like, you know what, this lifestyle that I envisioned my head, like I, it's not meeting that number, you know? So I took the nursing program, started that. I was like, yeah, nurses make money. You know I like, I'm about to I started? Like seeing the blood and I was like, you know, I can't, like, this is not me. Like I like money, but like, there's gotta be a medium, you know? Thing. And yeah, yeah. as I was going through school, like. Book work wasn't really my thing, but like I was always like talking to people. yeah, like, yeah they're yeah. like, Oh, you dress well, you dress well, you know? And yeah. it, it was just, you know, you'd go into urban at the time, you know, Zoomies at the time, where that was like my upbringing of, you know, fashion, whatever. Uh, but I would always get compliments like, Oh, like, you know, you color coordinate, whatever, whatever. And I just always bypass it, like, Oh, okay, thanks, cool. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, some yeah. chicks yeah. telling me, yeah, you know, yeah. okay. Vrit, vrit. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like, what, the, what am I going to do, yeah. you know? And I started looking into fit them. I was like, fashion? Okay. Yeah. Took the tour. They sat me down. They let me know how much it was. And I was like, there's no way I can yeah. go back yeah. yeah. and yeah. tell my mother that I'm going to get out of community college and I'm going to ask for a loan of X amount, you know? Yeah. But I did it. I, I was oh, like, do. oh, oh I, okay. I, did the, no, I did the meeting. Okay. I got the paperwork. Okay. I went back home like, this is it. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could pay attention in these classes, you yeah, know? Yeah, like yeah. I feel comfortable, like I'm confident. And she's just like i mean if that's if that's a check you know like yeah, if that's yeah, something you yeah. want to do like i can't i can't afford to just put you in that environment and pay the fee because mm-hmm. you're going to come out in debt and the last thing i want is for you to come out of that in debt so uh what i can do is i'll put you in a um, l.a trade tech it's a technical okay. trade yeah, school yeah, you yeah. know and they have pretty direct courses you know you want to do merchandising you want to do development you want to do design yeah. you know technical design whatever you want to do uh, you'll learn individually and she was like, oh. If you find yourself doing well, you get a couple credits that are transferable, like you can go into Fitum and we'll pay less. I was like, oh, oh okay. Okay. It's like, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, you know what? I'll show you. I'll prove to you that this is what I'm about to do. This is, you know, what I'm meant for. Organically, I feel comfortable. And um, while I was at Trade Tech, I was doing fashion merchandising and product development. Um, and one of the courses was I needed to get an internship. Mm -hmm. So the teachers are connected with people in LA. They're like, Oh, you know, this showroom needs help, yada, yada. But it was like fast fashion. It was like girls clothes, like girls, like super small showrooms. And I was like, this is not the fashion I was thinking (laughs) I was going to do, you know, I was thinking, you know, I would be closer to like, do, do I get a pick menswear or like, do I start at a boutique or like, I didn't know what it was. But I was like, there's no way people are coming to this school and going to a boutique. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm doing product development, and I am looking at retail internships. Like retail is cool, but like I'm not learning how to sell product at school. I'm learning yeah. how to make it. Yeah. I'm you know how to design it, whatever. And uh, I ended up getting my first internship at a menswear company called Mr. Completely. Super small time, uh, just word of mouth. At the time, actually, I was working at Revolve, uh, just doing clothing? basic Yeah. Oh, clothing. Okay. Just okay. doing labor. I was in the warehouse. Uh, oh. Okay. Okay. First job ever. Backtrack. First job ever, I was at UPS. I was familiar oh, okay. with boxes, <laughs> organizing you know? No, like, this so, sounds familiar. No, <laughs> humble beginnings, humble beginnings. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. at the revolve I was like, oh, they're looking for a logistics specialist. Mm-hmm. I was like, I did that for two years at UPS. I was yeah. like, this is fashion. Yep. Boxes. This is <laughs> my this is how I'm gonna make money while I go to school. Yeah, you know? hey. And um, while I was working there, I was realizing like the people that I was working with, like we were not on the same page. Like oh. I was working with like abuelitas and People people that were just looking for a warehouse job, they didn't yeah, even yeah, know yeah. what revolt yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. They were just like, Oh, Mijo, like, yeah, you know, work hard and it pay good, but like their pay good is just like paying. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, minimum sure. wage. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, You guys know you guys get a discount, like fifty percent, you guys aren't using your checks? And they're like, No, like our money goes to rent, you know, and my checks were going to close. And I was like, yeah. All right, like I'm going to be stuck in this circle of working (laughs) to put my paycheck back into Revolve. But you would look good. I I would look good though. I would go to school like, yes, Blancy. Yeah, (laughs) you see the YSL? You know, like in the back of my head though, I was like, I got that like 75% 75%. off. You know, I was like confident, but I was like, I'm either going to look good and be Be broke broke. in school or, you know, I got to, I got to leave Revolve. You know, I got to leave Revolve because like I was applying, they say like once you're in, like you could apply within, but... That warehouse worker is like the bare minimum you're basically like it's bare minimum like i have zero experience i haven't graduated school i have nothing to show so i can't really apply with a certificate or anything because i'm working towards this like well i'm in the program and they're like oh like it's a little difficult you know so i was like you know what like being at revolve like it's taking me away from school like i really just need to immerse myself like into fashion if this is what i'm gonna do i can't just do work part-time and then school part-time and expect, like, both of them to just come together and give me success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I ended up, I saw one of the brands that we held, which was Mr. Completely, post, like, oh, intern needed nine to five, Monday through Friday. Was it paid or it was just... Unpaid. Unpaid,
2: oh, tough.
0: And I was sitting there like, you know what, like, this is, like, I'm still at home, you know, like, I don't have to pay rent. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna have a life for a bit, but, like, this is the leap I need to do. Like, yep, this, yep. the the, the... Logistics center was in Cerritos. So I used to live in La Mirada. Uh, Cerritos close. is right next yeah, to it. Close, yeah. I was like, Yo, I'm going from Cerritos to an internship in downtown LA with no pay. I was like, uh, let's you know, do it. Yeah, there was a couple months. I was like, you know what? Like, I don't see internship posts often on my feed. So I was like, I'm going to just do it. I sent over my resume, let them know. I was at Revolve. They were familiar with Revolve <laughs> because they had to ship their clothes there. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, they're one yeah, of yeah. our accounts, yep, someone yep. within they know the product, you know, whatever, whatever. And um, he does logistics. And at the time, they needed help, like, organizing the warehouse. So I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you guys need help doing inventory. I come from logistics background. I'm trying to do fashion. I'm in the merchandising program across the way. And they were just like, all right, you know, checked all the boxes, called me back. And they're like, all right, you know, like, we could use you. And I ended up only moving boxes, you know. <laughs> like, literally, like, all right, count this box of dental. That's cool then. Let me know. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable, but I'm not getting paid i'm not not learning too much you know but it's okay part of the process i can't expect to just be designing clothes or manufacturing off the hots and i was there for three months uh no pay i ended up learning a little bit of production got my hands on a couple of things got familiar with places like they wash fabric at you know just basic construction knowledge yeah i kind of learned there uh but after those three months they're like hey you know like unfortunately like there's no job opportunity Coming, there's just no room to grow. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. thank you for your help. Um, but we heard, we heard this brand Rude needs help. Oh, wait. Like, oh, so dude, from
2: from Mr. Completely from Mr. Completely straight to Rude. What year no, was it? No, no, no.
0: This was uh, 2017. Okay. So okay. from that, I was like, oh, okay. Like, are they paying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he's the uh, the guy that gave me the lead was just like, I don't know. Like, I just heard. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't have a contact. I yeah, don't have oh, information. I just heard, you know, there's a lot of people that sew in this building. They sew some stuff here. I just heard they need help, and they didn't give me a contact. So I was like, I mean, what do, do I go and apply and assume they're gonna pay? Cause I can't afford anything at this point. Yeah, I like, got nothing. I'm, I'm going home and I'm telling my friends like, yo, I can't go out on the weekends. Like, I don't hit me up. I'm full time school, full time yeah. work, whatever, every excuse in the book because like, I just can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And from that internship, um, I was just on Indeed. I saw that uh, The Boring Company was looking for labor yeah. work, yeah, yeah, and this is when they were digging their first tunnel in Hawthorne, and it was two month contract, $30 an hour, unlimited work. And I was like, oh. this is, yeah. this oh. is what I need, you know, yeah. like I'm not going to do fashion, but like I need money. Yeah. Like I'm still not going out on the weekends. I just need to get money back so that I could figure out like, I don't know, do I go back to Revolve with this internship and try and get something? I don't know but I needed money so I went started working just literally digging tunnels for the labor uh, for the boring company day in day out two months came up they're like hey um, yeah it was just contracted this is not there's no job at the end of this so thank you for your service um, if there's any opportunity on another tum- tunnel tunnel uh, will reach out because you're a good employee yada yada and then from that I was like alright I'm getting back into the industry but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be picky. Like, I'm not just gonna go to a little boutique. I'm not gonna go like, if it's not like top three, like I'll, I'm, I can afford to stay at home. Yeah. I, I got in the habit of not going out, so I was still sitting on money, and I was like, I'm just gonna reach out. I don't know if Rude is still looking for people, but the last time I heard they were, I went on the contact, sent over my resume, said, hey, I have this experience with my past internship. I'm currently in school, trying to pursue, you know, fashion merchandising, yada yada. And they ended up reaching out saying, "Yeah, you know what? We do need help. We just moved into this new warehouse down the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need help relocating all the other stuff because we're growing a bit." Um, so my first day was uh, counting boxes again. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, you never got away. <laughs> you never got away. You know, because like, oh, logis- logistics actually carried me like to where I am at today. You know, and like, hadn't I done that box work, like, I don't know if they would have wanted me on yeah, the team because yeah, at the sure. time there wasn't any like in-house designs in-house fabrics there was nothing there was like the first order of shoes they did and my job was to just make sure the inventory is correct i was like all right cool i've been doing this a passenger ship yeah. i do doing a revolver ups like this is bread and butter like quick all right what's next what do you guys need and they're like uh i mean organize the shelves like i don't know I was like, yeah. all right cool organize the shelves you know like it was small at the time like anything that was in front of me was like easily done because i was just like what else like yeah. what else do you guys need and um was that still 2017? no 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 this is uh we are in 2018 now okay so that's the year after okay Uh uh-huh uh 2018 helping out just with the infrastructure of the new place you know they ordered some shelving i was like in a u-haul picking up yeah yeah. bookshelf like basically designing the interior of this place you know with their request like hey go pick this up we bought this furniture from so and so whatever whatever and i just became that guy that was like yo we need something done Mm -hmm. like can you can you help out yeah 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 it had nothing to do with fashion just building the business, you know, shelving, chairs, stuff's coming from Ikea, can you build it? Whatever, whatever it was, like I was helping out. And um, it got to the point where there was a lot of accounts, Nordstrom was growing, Saks Fifth was growing, like all these accounts were growing. And um, there was a lot of overages in the warehouse. And like, hey, we have a lot of overages, like a lot of product that doesn't have a home. If you can curate like a selection, you know, two to one ratio, two tops per one bottom, uh, if you could curate a selection, we're gonna we're gonna do our first e-commerce drop. Uh, the accounts have been paying for a lot of this stuff, but we gotta go straight to e-commerce. Is that
2: the know? Rude Bowl? Is that when Rude uh, Bowl was like
0: this? What Rude Bowl was based off of leftover stuff, um, right? That's why. Yeah, I asked. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Initially, yeah, I guess it was it was e-commerce, and then uh-huh. once we couldn't sell through any more, stuff, and then you it had it Rude became Rude, 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 Rude Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, yeah okay, it okay. Became okay. Rude Bowl. Um, so after putting together those first e-com drops, like it was the first time we seen numbers on a website. Like oh, it was the first time, okay, okay. you know, and it was like, we didn't know we could sell this. You know, this was just stuff that was in the back that was unorganized, and they were just kind of like, hey, you know, let's fix this up. Let's create a system here shirts, t shirts, hoodies, pants, accessories, whatever it was at the time. And we would pull from it, you know, like a 20 shirts, 30 hoodies, whatever, whatever it was there. We'd put it online, it'd sell out. They'd be like, David, yo, we sold out of this tee. Like, give me a spread of small, medium, large, extra large, one, two, two, one, whatever. And i would go inventory it like what else is sold out inventory it and it got to the point where we ended up selling through everything that we could and whatever we couldn't ended up turning into rootable but it was like oh we've never seen this side of the business before yeah because
2: it was just yeah, yeah.
0: accounts were like hey i'll order this hoodie times five whatever it was whatever the number was so we were making clothes for the accounts and when i came in they're like oh like we have extra hands now like let's see if we could sell clothes on our website yeah and it ended up doing. Crazy good. Yeah. So it did so good that it was just like another form of income for the company. And they're like, you know, we only need you here two days a week. But um we do the Root Bowl on the weekends uh, in, at the the at Rose Pasadena. Bowl in yep. Pasadena. Yep, yep. And oh. we can't we can't ask you to come in, but if you want to volunteer, you know, like you could come help out. I was like, Yeah, of course. You know, like I inventory everything, like yeah. I'm gonna inventory the Root Bowl, you know? Yeah. So I was like, Okay, I put the boxes together, we set up our first Rude Bowl, it did great and it was like all right, you know, like we need we need help, you know? And at the time I was like, look, I know you guys aren't asking for it, but uh, I see more value in me showing up here than I do learning from school. Cause like, I'm doing it, you know? Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but About I'm doing, doing it, it. Yeah, you know, I'm yeah. doing it. Yeah. What, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. you need in here, like I'm doing it. And they're like, I mean, we can't, we can't ask for you to come in because you are, you know, going through school and credits only allow you two days a week. But you know, if you want to help out, like, I'm not going to not say no. I'm not going to say you can't come in. So I was like, all right, you know, I thought about it. And, you know, I was like, my mom really wants me to finish school. You know, I'm learning school. But, like, if I split it, like, that means I'm learning half as much on the job. Yeah. And then I'm doing the other half at school. But school's just teaching you, like, hypothetically speaking, if you work at a retail store, you had, you know, like, it's all just numbers and plugging in, being aware of the systems. And I would go to, like, the actual industry. And they're like, we don't. We're not familiar with that system that they're teaching you. You oh, know, I maybe I don't know. Maybe it's a new system that school developed, and they want to teach you because they want to pitch it to the industry. I'm not sure, but the stuff I was learning, I wasn't able to apply it to Rude. So I was just like, you know what? Like I feel like I'm the type of person that like I I learn better when I do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told my mom, I was like, look, I'm gonna take a semester off and i guarantee you and yeah, your mom. Is a big after she she was like what are you doing you know she was, what are you doing she's like i just need you to finish school and then you make your own decisions." know, just finish school please and i was like look i know like give me a, a semester and i know if i give them like a full semester of work i'm gonna become essential like, i'll be like if you try and take me away from the program they're gonna be texting me and asking me to come in. So like if I give them my all for this semester, I promise you that I will come back with a job. Yeah. And um she was like, if that I mean, I'm not gonna say I approve, you know, but like if that's what you need to do, like that's what you need to do. Like I'm not in the industry. I don't know anything about the industry. You know, I've only known bookwork and bookwork's yeah. got me to where I'm at. So I can only tell you that book work's gonna get you where you need to be. Yeah. But I was like, you don't know where I need to be, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it ended up turning into a job position. You know, like, right before the semester was over, uh, we did our first ever fashion show in Paris. And I wasn't even part of the... Was that still 2018
2: or was that is it 2019? 2019 2019. Right? 2019. 2019, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. The first yep. first yep. Paris show. Yep.
0: And they were like, hey, like, we need someone to get the samples, like, inventoried and made sure they get to Paris in time, we can't ship it, there's no wiggle room, we cannot, there's no room for error. Like if one of these luggages get lost, the show, that could be a showpiece, whatever, whatever. So we need someone to travel with all the samples of 15 (laughs) luggages, And get it there safe. I was like, all right, sign me up. You know, like sign me up. And that's when I was like, yeah, like this is this is what I'm trying to do.
2: So, man. what is your current role for Rude at the moment? Like, what is your title for Rude at the moment?
1: If is there even a title? Or is there even at a title?
2: At the moment, uh, it's yeah. a
0: small company. There's a lot of hats, but at the moment, it's product development. Okay. Slash, production assistant. Okay. Slash, e-commerce.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I mean, from just your from your story, from your background, it seems like you you do have a lot. your hands in a lot of yeah. items for Rude. Um, so, so
0: like starting off, it was just like, hey, inventory these things. And then it was like, what styles do we have available? And I was just familiar with the product. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into like being aware of like the fabrics we use, what fabrics went on which styles. And now I could plug in fabrics per the style. And then after that, it was just like seeing more product, like made me more knowledgeable. And that's where the product development yep. task came from, got you know, it. because I was seeing the product, I was seeing the fabric, I was overseeing it being constructed. I had inputs on what other people were constructing, so I'd be like, hey, you know, like, have we tried this technique, whatever, whatever? And it got to the point where I was just knowledgeable about construction of garments and fabrication. So then they were like, oh, like if you want, like, there's no, re- there's not anyone like, from sample to production, you're supposed to revise it. Maybe there's something that you overlooked, whatever, whatever. There was nobody like perfecting the garment so they're like oh if you want you know you kind of see most of the garments if you see anything that can we can improve on between the sample time and production time like let us know you know and it ended up turning like oh what do you think about this product like what could we do it's like oh you know what we could try this sewing method we could line it with this fabric to make it more breathable whatever whatever and that's where the product development came got it
2: dude so the, the the growth that i saw from rude was i remember when when j z and then Bronny Bron started like rocking it, and then next thing you know, I I follow League Fits. Yeah, yeah. I follow yeah, yeah, yeah. heavily, right? And I started seeing NBA players like really rock the tees, and then the socks came, and then the hats came, and I'm going holy shit! Like, and then next thing you know, you see Ruigi on on GQ, like you know, I started seeing other magazines, and I'm just like, yo, this brand about to blow up.
1: Well, if you yeah. got if you got BTS wearing Rude, then dude, I'm that's, telling you, that's that I think.
0: To me, that's like a huge accomplishment. And that's that's something that we don't even understand because that's them organically buying it. Yeah. yeah, 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 You know, because yeah, yeah. they're sending 100%. it to us and we're like, oh, that's cool. You guys know who that is? And we're like, I mean, yeah. No. And then they're like, you don't know who this is? And yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. like this is like bigger <laughs> than America right here, you know? Like this is this is something huge. And yep. we're like, oh, okay, like we're so focused on like like you said like lebron or athletes wearing it that's like oh okay like, there's we're, like a worldwide we're big time you know we're looking at the lakers like oh yeah like we're there you know nba but we're not thinking like world you yeah, know? yeah like yeah. when because we're so focused on like west coast because like that's the origin you know but it's it's not west coast anymore no you know? no it's not global it's global now you know to see, to see stuff like that is like oh okay like the design is really getting that far you know it's not just a niche socal thing anymore no
2: you know? It's way bigger than that now.
1: Do you think it's the design or do you think it's like the network that he was building? That's a great question. I think it's both. I think it's both, but he's very
0: he's very good at what he does. You know, like he, you put him in front of anyone and he'll impress you. You know, so like it's organically like, oh, like I wanna I wanna support. And how can I support? It just so happens that you have to support via a six hundred dollar hoodie. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, yeah. or whatever. But like it's just the personality and the product both definitely go hand to hand. But our job is to ensure that we're not cutting corners on the quality of construction, because it is, it is him. Yeah. You know, it is his name, and we respect that. So like, we need to take into consideration that consumers are paying $600 for a hoodie. Yeah. And you know, if this is this seam necessary right there, do we really need to make it clean finish on everything? Like, ideally, you're adding like a dollar, a dollar, a dollar, and it's adding up. But it's necessary. Yeah.
2: So, cool nice. question for you. So, how closely do you work with Ruigi on, you know, because with product development since you are yeah, part of that yeah, team? Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. So, he'll design everything out. He'll kind of create the blueprint. You know, he'll say, this is the vision. This is my inspiration. Uh, this These are the colors I've been drawn to. Uh, he'll sketch it out. And he's basically the artisanal part. And our job is to understand the fits of the clothes and create his imagination his designs his vision for a product and apply it to a pre-existing silhouette like a hoodie or a quarter zip or a t-shirt and then we'll create a sample and say hey you know based off of the conversation we had based off your design and instruction this is what we came up with what do you want to change and he'll go back and forth he'll make notes he'll make notes and it's based. it's like I, i think of design like a conversation you know you talk to me like hey I like these colors. Uh, the desert inspires me. You know, I kind of like tequila. Whatever, whatever. I've traveled to Cabo, and I kind of want to create a shirt that resembles that. You know, so I'll take all of that information. I'll think about what button-up you wear often because that's clearly your favorite button-up. I'll think about you know traveling. I'll think about breathability. I'll think about all those things. And I'll create imagery, I'll create, you know, applications on stuff, and I'll present it to you. And you'll be like, oh, I like the, I like this fabrication, super flowy. You know, if I was in the Bahamas, this would be super breathable, but I want something to wear for the wintertime. All right, I'd use the same block, get a, a thicker fabric, something that's a little more warmer, or something that might keep you warm, you know, while you're out and about so you don't need to layer up. And it's just like applying different fabrics to the same silhouette so that it could be
1: a summertime tee or a wintertime tee. So if you, if you had to choose like 10 um, different like designs or, or products, how many get rejected in that process? Um, some are a hit right away because the vision was just exact match Like we understood
0: exactly. And some get to the point where we go back and forth maybe five or six times to the point where we get to the end product and it looks nothing like the first conversation <laughs> yeah, we had, yeah, but yeah. he's like, that's fire. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, it looks good. Like it wasn't where we started, but I'm glad we got there somehow based off of the initial conversation.
2: And hey, what's up with the uh, what's up with the sizes? So I remember buying my first Rude seat, right? And I got like a small. I'm normally small, <laughs> dude. Came in, right? I'm like, yo, this fits like a large dog. Like, yeah. so what's the inspiration behind like the, the sizes?
0: The sizing for me, like, I don't have a question for that. I was a consumer at first when I was at Revolve. Yeah. I seen I, we had Rude at Revolve. Yeah. I used my discount. I'd be like, yeah, you know. 50% off rude, like I'm yeah, like, Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. again, I got the medium, and the marble tee was, long. Bruh, it was like, And I'm like, a you, dress. Know, you know, okay, you know, athletes, that's initially what I thought, you know, it looks great on a basketball player, I'm not the friend, yeah, you not not so the frame. I was just like, you know, I, since I worked at Revolve, I returned it, I got <laughs> I got extra small, you know, but I was just like, I, I, was, I wasn't involved at that point, but I think at first, since the initial people that caught on to it were athletes. He was just like, you know what, like, I need to make this a oversized, bit, yeah, oversized, a little yeah. bit bigger. Yeah. So we've gone from that, you know, we've adjusted to yeah. the average consumer, but some of the oversized stuff just looks good it on does. athletes, yeah. you know, oh. on athletes.
2: So there, we well, have thank to, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely an athlete, Gina Park.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have to keep some of that because we're thinking about like, it should be more like your average person, you know, but if it's your average person and you put on an athlete, yeah, it's going to look it's a little like- short. Yeah, and what? if our athletes are the number one thing that people recognize the product by, like, we have to cater to them, you know? I feel you. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I have a question about the culture of, of, of Root and, like, you know, what's it, what it is now, right? Like, what do you think, like, how do you think Root has impacted the streetwear culture, and where do you think it's gonna go in the next few years?
0: I feel like streetwear in general was very, uh, it was almost like a tunnel vision industry. Like, you could tell when somebody took a product from another high fashion brand and replicated it you'll be like oh that's rick owens oh, you know yeah, like, yeah you yeah, know like yeah, you yeah, will yeah. call it out like right, dark shadow recalls. yeah yeah you changed the drawstring but yeah, yeah you're sti- it's still Owens. Like, you know make at least change it enough to where i can't tell where that mm-hmm. initial design came from and i felt like for a while like everyone was just focused on the same mood board like if there was like just a generic mood board going around and people were like oh yeah, i'm gonna take that and you pass it to the next designer and they're like yeah i'm gonna take that but i feel like rude has stayed true to like his ideal vision of the brand. And the fact that like, it's an open conversation of design as far as like, hey, I have an idea for a denim jacket. You know, this is our old denim jacket, but I kind of want to like, I want to freak it, you know, like a little, I want to make it artisanal, you know, maybe some distressing, maybe like dirty it it up, you know? And I'm not going to go to a wash house and be like, dirty it up, you know, like artisanal, you know, like I have to take the time to like research what other brands are doing and how they acquire a certain, you know, rigid, rustic look or whatever. And like, just if you apply that to every single product, instead of just focusing on what everyone else is doing, like we were so focused on the product we were creating that our product just ended up developing into different product, but it was all generally like the same. You know, it was like very accustomed to us because we were just trying to perfect the design. We were trying to perfect the hoodie. And like I said, the hoodie sometimes didn't turn out how we envisioned it, but we created a new product. It was like, all right, this is a new product. People seen this old product and we had a conversation and created this new one that we tried getting similar to this old one, but created a whole new one and this one's better. So let's build off this new one that we built from our past silhouettes. Whereas I feel like a lot of people go outward. A lot of brands go outward at what other people are doing. Look at trends, forecasts. You know, there's always a trend forecast that goes out like this is the color of the year. Yeah. Corduroy is going to be the fabric of the year, whatever, whatever it is. Um, But I felt like we were so focused on like perfecting everything that we weren't looking outward for inspiration. We were just trying to enhance our quality overall. Think about different design applications, you know, like he would take a trip to to Monaco or something. And we would be looking at the tile, you know, in the pictures that he's traveling to organically. And we would kind of just base it off lifestyle things that he already does. But we would as the design team, like we would have to dissect the things that he's interested in. And apply that to the product, you know, so like whatever he's drawn to, he's not always drawn to root, you know, he's like his other designer brands. He likes other brands in general, you know, but it's the details that he's drawn to in those other brands that we pay attention to. Instead of just looking at what other brands are doing and what's similar in the trend forecast, we're looking at pieces, you know, we're looking at fabrication. We're looking at like different little details that he's drawn to and creating
1: product around
0: that.
2: Uh, yeah.
1: Is that uh, how long is a process like uh, from start to finish like when he has this like idea of what he initially wants does he give you guys like a timeline of like what's supposed to happen or what does that look like
0: um so we usually have a window uh every january and every june we in january we present autumn winter for the year after okay and in june we show spring summer for the next year okay so the months leading up to june and leading up to january it's full design mode there's just, mm. just a list of things that are he's inspired by, a list of fabrics that he wants to try and you know use and current silhouettes that we have and sometimes it's new stuff that we haven't done before. If it's plug and play fabric to an already existing silhouette, very little time. You know, it's just all right, maybe it stretches a little different so we got to take a little bit off, whatever whatever. But if he's sketching something out and trying to create a whole new product, it's it's really our job to try and understand what the vision is based off the fit of the other garment. If it's outerwear piece, we have to look at our current outerwear offerings and be like, all right, it kind of has to be similar and fit, you know, a little cropped, a little puffy, um, and just go built off of that. So it really depends. There's some products where we develop and we go back and forth, we go back and forth and we're just like, you know what? Like we're going to have to sacrifice it. Like we're spending too much time trying to perfect this. It's taken away from developing other stuff and we need to show you know, so there's stuff that we sacrifice and we'll, like, come up, like, months later. It was like, oh, like, what happened to this design? It's like, oh, we just never finished it. It's like, let's bring it back. You know, let's, now that there's time, let's focus on it. Maybe since, you know, we already did our sales in Paris, we'll do something e-commerce. And we'll just do direct-to-consumer, you know, a fresh design that no one's seen, whatever. But a lot of ideas, you know, we try and get finalized for production. But sometimes, you know, you just got to choose the right time to just forget about it and pick it up some other time, you know?
1: Is the goal just to stay in the menswear category, or is it to be able to expand? Uh, we more-
0: just we just showed we've been showing women's oh, maybe yeah. the past three seasons.
1: Oh okay. Um,
0: it's just it's just not that easy to really build, you know. Yeah. Like we're so focused on mens, we do have women designers in now, uh, a full women's team actually
2: focused on women's um there is a weedy rock like an entire like she did like yeah room, like at that oh. last uh yeah yeah, LA. yeah she did she yeah it did. was like a, that yeah, was, was one a, of the women's samples that yeah, we yeah. developed
0: but it's like we're trying to create a system where it's like a group a collaborative group effort on the men's and then the women's instead of like the women's coming in and doing their thing while the men's are doing theirs mm. and we're assisting with the knowledge oh. you know so it's still like we're still in that phase of like building the relationship internally with his vision in women's you know so it's definitely a work in progress but the women's space it's it's hard to compete you yeah, know man. women want their yeah my gucci yeah yeah the Louis, my prana yeah, you know like that's just branded and still yeah. for generations and to get uh, a female to put up that much money for a product of ours that's strictly looked at athletic yeah, you know yeah. men's wear space it's like we have to draw the line you know because we don't want the women's to be a men's version we want it to be like what a rude boy would be attracted to. Oh,
2: that's no, so, interesting, know. Okay. Yeah. that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, even just, just driving down fashion just district, there's so much competition in the female yeah. market, right? And then there's a few pockets here and there that do men's clothing. And I, I remember, you know, doing door-to-door sales and walking in and talking to like a men's clothing um, you know, for the first time and he was saying, oh, our, our business is actually profitable because we're focused on men's and how many men's stores do you see around here? And I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. 'Cause like I said, for me buying clothes, I didn't really buy any clothes. So I'm like, like, huh. So it's like people like you that would go in in, in, and buy that kind of stuff. But I mean it's
2: it's literally culture, right? Like, you know clothes in in like hip-hop and streetwear i mean it kind of represents who you are you know it represents you kind of what yeah. what you like and it, it shows your personality right and you know he was talking about earlier like you know hey i'll I be coming in like all fit, you know and like girls would like compliment me i mean that also kind of gives us you know an ego boost for you sure. know what i mean for sure. For sure. Yeah. but um i think for me it's like what's next for rude and what's next for you
0: Whoa, what's next for Rude and what's next for me what's next for Rude is honestly we've been on this just trajectory of just it's like a roller coaster you know but I don't know if it's ever like coming down you know like <laughs> when we started it was so small and now to look back at, at, to see the stuff that I started doing and the stuff that I'm doing now yeah. it's like it's been growing so much and everything's manufactured here in LA uh, we do have some stuff in Italy but manufacturing in LA just in general it's difficult So is it? It's so difficult because like, you need to just be very like detail oriented because like, you can't be making mistakes on production because like the overhead on just labor alone is a lot. You know, like some of these pieces when I'm talking about we have to make another seam, another seam. That's time on the machine. You know, and if we're doing you know thousands of units, that's thousands of seconds more. You know, the more hoodies we make, the more seconds seconds it is on those machines, and it's like we're getting to the point where it's like the factories that we're in they almost need to become like rude factories yeah you know but they got other clients you know like there's there needs to be more work like there's there's technically not enough work because like i mean rent's expensive here to manufacture you know you have to have insurance you know all that stuff plays a factor on like what keeps a factory alive and people just with the pandemic and everything like people got laid off and they're catching the unemployment and some workers are just like, you know, I'd rather be home with my kids and catch the unemployment. Then some, some factories are strenuous. You know, we got deadlines like, yo, I got this very urgent deadline. You guys need to meet it. You guys are not working fast enough. You know, like that's, that's manufacturing in general, but like we try and create the environment of like understanding, you know, that the sewers have a life, you know, that they have other stuff going. So like, that's why we're in so many places because if we chose to take over those factories, we would be that company like yo there's deadlines there's deadlines you know but it's my job to like go and find like another factory that's the same standard as our current ones and be like hey you know like maybe we'll get a couple styles in here take the load off of you you know i know your guys have been working overtime like the past two weeks like that's not that's not right for them Mm -hmm. you know like they need a break too i can't just come in here urgent 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 so like we're kind of like spread out throughout the manufacturing district in la but it's getting to the point where it's a lot of units, a lot of units, you know? And Can like, you guys handle?
2: I mean, we've the been, we've been handling, Spain. you know,
0: but it's just the factory part. It's just a lot of people go elsewhere, you know? They'll cut here and they'll manufacture in Honduras or whatever because like price point, yeah, yeah it's you cheap. know, price point, of course. About quality. But I just feel like Root's kind of been built off of, you know, LA and it's like, We want to keep the business here, you know. So it's it's difficult to grow the business and not grow the factories, you know. So we need to have both. So I mean, Rue's always going to be doing its thing. It's just about you know convincing workers that there's something worth coming back to, you know. Like we need to create the environment that's like you know what, like I've been you know collecting unemployment or some people even left sewing to you know do car washes, whatever other jobs that are bringing in the same. Revenue with less of a headache, you know, so like we're trying to create the environment that, you know, I'll bring in fruit on Saturdays, you know, or Thursdays or bring in talk, whatever, I'll bring in food and show them that like, we appreciate them. And they'll tell their friends, hey, you know, like, if you guys think about sewing, I got a factory, you know, they take care of us. They're cool. You know, like, it's good working conditions. Like if anyone's you know, you'll drive around the manufacturing area. And there's signs like sewers needed. You know but sewers are so like damaged that it's like i i don't want to go to that toxic environment the fashion industry is so demanding you know but like we need sewers now like more than ever and it's like it's hard for the the sewers that are sewing our stuff i mean not our stuff people's stuff in general to tell their nieces and nephews like you guys should try this because they're like i've been doing this the past 20 years and you know what like I don't want my kids to go through this yeah so it's it's almost like a dying craft and like we need to give we need to show them like that this is worth you know teaching your children or teaching family members that may not have a skill set because I'm bringing business and I'm creating you know a good environment for them to to learn in basically right. yeah
1: you know um, let me ask you like after like listening to your entire story what does your mom think now <laughs> uh, she's she's proud after she seen me go to
0: Paris, she was just like, are you sure? Like, you're going to Paris, like, for fashion? Vegas? Yeah. In Vegas, Paris? <laughs> <laughs> are you doing an internship?
1: Like, lifting uh, boxes Yeah, yeah, Italy? yeah. What kind of work are they having
0: you do here, you know? And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I sent, you know, I, I landed in Paris. I was like, yeah, I landed here safely. She's like, what do you, like, why do they need you there in Paris? And I was like, oh, like, I know the product, you know? And, like, when we got to Paris, I was in charge of, like, getting the product to the showroom and uh, since i was in the showroom buyers you know uh, neiman marcus sax fifth uh, maxfield everyone was in there trying to buy stuff yeah. stuff their stores you know that that's how it happens and since they were asking so many questions about the product they're like oh david knows you know because he like he know he's the one that made these samples so yeah, like yeah, they yeah. i i would have on like a size medium in the short and they're like oh like what size are you in the short like would you suggest a large is like a 34 you know like just basic <laughs> questions because yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, consumers are going to go into their stores and they want to cater to them so yeah. they, they want to ask all kinds of questions and i was like oh all right let me help you with this you yeah, have the size on this i would suggest if you're a large you know you buy a medium whatever whatever and I was like oh okay it's actually useful to have someone that knows the product out here because when the buyers are asking questions like ruigi is doing his thing he has meeting after meeting and it's like there's no one there to answer there's people that the fashion administration gives us to handle the sales like they'll be on iPads. like oh you want a shirt times 10 you want a shirt times 20 cool cool but if a sale if a buyer asked that person on ipad like oh what do you think about this shirt uh i mean yeah yeah, Yeah. it's rude you know like what they don't know the product yeah so being in the in the showroom really showed the company that like oh like it's it's valuable to have someone that knows the stuff that we're selling you know um but yeah my Not mom was, after my mom seen that, she was like, oh wow, like you're actually learning a lot, like that's good, you know, yada yada, yeah. so she's definitely like, she felt like, you know, she did her job, she was like, yeah, I, yeah. it wasn't that's the so. route that I thought, but
1: yeah. I'm just glad that you're happy, yeah. you know, doing something that you enjoy. You yeah, so like, if, if you had to give anybody advice on anybody that wants to go towards like a similar path or anything related to going into the industry, you know, what, what advice would you give them? Uh, don't
0: overlook any opportunity. Any opportunity that comes to you within the industry, within even if it's like part of the industry, like product shocks, take taking photos of the garments is part of the industry. And if it's whatever foot in the door you get in, whichever it's sales, development, design, photos, web design, whatever it is, there's so many ways to get in. Don't overlook or bypass opportunity because you don't know what that opportunity might get you into and if you're a good enough worker you don't know who's gonna like throw your name around like oh i know so and so does it for us i recommend him you know so even if it's a small project that you think is is pointless like there's people depending on you to execute it and if you execute it well enough
1: they'll vouch for you you. that's right who would have ever thunk guy that i met that stashed three bottles dude that's crazy did a bunch of internships making no money lifting boxes dude it's insane and look at him now i
2: know he's all grown up what a crazy (laughs) story dude how you guys got connected was crazy in itself it's a a beautiful story yeah um
1: yeah and and, uh, going back piggybacking off of miggs's question um what's what's next for you
0: What's next for me? I mean, as I develop myself within the company, you know, I, I'm learning more. I thought I wanted to be a merchandiser. I thought yeah. I wanted to style clothes on mannequins, you know, when I first started school. That was it. <laughs> yeah, was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel cool. you. I feel yeah. It. <laughs> um, and now that I'm here, you know, developing products and helping with e-commerce and still doing a little logistics, you know, in-house, like I just, I just find myself just wanting to learn more, you know, like those three categories that I picked up, uh, I enjoy all three of them, but I'd like to have... Every category underneath me, so that I'm just well-rounded. Mm. You know, basically education at my in my job duties. You know,
1: yeah. you're still a student. You never, yeah. you never, never stop not learning. learning. Never right. not learning. Love that. Uh, well david how can people reach out to you we're gonna we're gonna give you a plug here so how can people reach out to you you have social media instagram or any uh
0: social media works i'm a little private so i send a request uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh social media usually works if you guys have any questions or if there's anyone that's on a similar route yeah you know, for I'm, sure I'm more than willing to help out in any way i could but that does not mean uh ask for a job at rude <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. i get that a lot you know yeah, yeah. And it's if if I if I started off just asking for a job at a at a high place, I would get a lot of no's because mm-hmm. you gotta get your foot in the door. That's right. You so
1: know. you're saying I can't live uh, give you my resume that I want <laughs> <laughs> to, to you. I would have to uh,
0: respectfully yeah. decline. <laughs> uh, but
1: but what is it? What is your handle?
0: Uh, my handle's uh, Dezo at D E Y Z O H.
1: Okay, cool. I don't know if you want to do a, a plug for Rude like their Instagram. I'm sure people would just look it up, but yeah yeah r-h-u-d-e yeah yeah it's pretty easy in oh, yeah, right. it's in the hats right there yeah it's Here. in the hats yeah um and then uh if you want to check out our instagram as well to at the underscore kick spot um we'll be able to uh plug david as well too yes, and, sir. and then uh you know check out our youtube kick spot and all the other places yeah, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like it's like a a redundant thing I say every single good. time, but people are <laughs> like, subscribe, comment. You already know what to do. Know, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, well, David, we appreciate your story. Yes, sir. I'm very blessed to have you as a friend, and and you know we'll be able to grow grow together. And think we, we had that discussion where it's like, hey, anybody that we meet, it's just like family, and we just want to yeah, be man, able to 100%. all grow and, and and grow together. So cool. All right, we'll catch you all later. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Kickspot.